Welcome everyone to episode 5-3 of Retro Encounter, where we're going to talk about the NEF Terranigma. As always, I'm your host, Josh Curry. With me is Davey Testovich. Hello, Internet. Jesse Wu. What up? And Peter Treasenberg. Hello. So, we, we made it through another month. Some of us were able to finish the game. Um, and I, I actually think it's nice, because we all have a little bit of different feeling about it, so we'll start positive. We'll start with the person that's always positive, Davey. Uh, yeah, I try. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I still really like Terranigma. Um, like, I know I said last time I probably wasn't going to do the side quest stuff, but I got sucked into this game playing this time. I wish I could have avoided the side quests. We'll get to <laughs> it later. Um, I, I, This game made no sense to me. I, I, I feel like... I feel like, Jesse, you explained how I feel about this game so much more perfectly than I will, so I will let you take it from there. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yes, now I speak for both of us. I am glad that I played the game. I'm glad for the experience, just because it's so unique. Um, but it, there were frustrating parts and parts that just kind of, kind of made me want to bang my head against the wall sometimes. So, Yeah, I... There, there's a large, large portion of this game that I think is ridiculously cool. Um, it, it shocked me that it's such an old game and no other games I feel like have touched on some of the stuff it's doing. Um, but then it's surrounded just by kind of incomprens ah, incomprehensible crap. Enigmatic. Like, like there, there's just there's large parts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess I should have expected that with the name, right? Um, there's just stuff that I you no idea what to do. And yeah. So you just kind of you wander around, which I know I last podcast I talked about how nice it was to wander around. No longer fun to wander around. There's too much stuff to do. Um, but whenever I'm actually engaging in something that I'm supposed to be doing, I had a tremendous amount of fun doing it. And so it's kind of a toss-up. That's why I find kind of confusing. I'm happy I played it, but not sure I actually overall really enjoyed the experience. Um, but I think possibly the most sour in the game is Peter, so we'll let him do his two cents. The, P the Peter minute begins now. Um, prop. I think for, for me, with Terranigma, I'm putting it in the same camp as Charles in the Sky when it comes to games that we did for the show. It's a bad that place I, for it to be. <laughs> it's the place where, it, for me, it's a games that I wanted to like that I kind of wish I hadn't played for the show because the time crunch was starting to get to me, and I think it exacerbated some of the problems that the game has. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm really interested in Ter Terranigma's thema thematic material, and I think it looks and sounds great for a SNES game, and... It's 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 got a lot going for it, but as I was playing it, like the, like like Josh mentioned, the in, some of the more incomprehensible stuff and the lack of direction and the we mentioned this last episode, the terrible dungeon design, really started aggravate aggravating me. Yeah, so so like at one point you're climbing across a rope and you have to jump off of that to like basically another rope. <laughs> yeah, and it's like this is impossible. Nobody would do this. And then you're like jumping off a cliff and swimming underneath another cliff without really being able to see that there's an entrance. Yep. It's yeah. Like this this literally makes no sense. This is one of those that like I picture today 
it being put in like a GameStop and it being like strapped to a ga- like a game guide, or they're like put it next to be like, haha, we know you have to buy this too. Yeah. Even if you don't buy it now, you'll come back in two days. I normally hate guides like while I'm playing through a game, but I would really recommend using a guide at least just for when you get lost in this game because yeah. there's it really just doesn't tell you where especially all that world map exploring and like at the end of chapter three when you're doing the star stones like you have no idea where they are and if you don't use a guide you could just like explore the entire world map like two or three times yeah it's just not intuitive at all like you really you need you need to have a better sense of direction or, or just be really lucky so yeah. as a callback from episode two uh did anybody open up the map when they were going through that? I didn't. <laughs> wow. No, I've just I've because oh. we're we're gonna bash the game about like we didn't know where to go. Well, um, to be fair, when you're in the boat, you get a world map in the corner of the screen. Yeah, which and, is worthless. And you can't use the dimension box when you're on the world map, so I don't know when you can pull up that map. I was more thinking like, hey, I just left a town. I'm gonna pull up the world map. Oh, that's where I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to go to Great Britain, or I'm supposed to go oh. this or that. And then I jump in a plane, I jump in a boat, I jump on a bird. That would make me feel real dumb. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm like cringing now. That's like, oh, I should have at least checked that before we came on. Uh, I thought about it when I was on the world map, but like I said, like I would push the dimension box button and nothing would happen. And maybe that's that, that's an issue with, again, we've, we've kind of complained about that menu. It, yeah. It, it's not in your face enough and you don't really need it when you want to use it you can't and so i think a lot of us at some point were like well the map's worthless i'm not going to use it and so it, it's one of those things that just went to the back of your mind like it does not exist but as soon as we come on this podcast i always remember it this, this is this is a game this is a game not to get too too sidetracked but i think that a, this is a, any if any game like really deserves a remake a Ter- Terranigma would be would be it. I think there are a lot of concepts in this game they could revisit and polish up. Which aren't the rights to this owned by Square Enix now? Well, it used um, to be yeah. Enix, so yeah. Um, and they did yeah. release Actraiser on the WiiWare store. So, but that but that's those, it. None of the Soul yeah. games, right? You, uh, I didn't check, but uh, like. I'm just saying they still hold those rights, like, after the merger. They obviously released an old Quintet game. But they couldn't just, like, re-release the game. Like, they would have to overhaul it quite significantly. Yeah. But this game would be amazing with some good voice acting. I, I, that's, I, it struck me, definitely after having the last story, and I really enjoyed the characters and their speaking parts, I, definitely miss that definitely towards the end of the game when you're dealing with two l's and trying to figure out what's going on and uh, it would have been great for some of those more emotional moments to have voices one of them should have had a cockney accent one one's got purple hair and one's got orange hair yeah yeah it took me a while to realize that yeah i got really confused i kept getting really mad because I look, I, and then there's a uh, ride, ride, the other girl, the protector girl. Oh, Frida. Frida. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Ride. Frida. No, the guy. The yeah, Royd other is guy the... is Royd. Yeah. Yeah. Blueberry. Like hemorrhoid. <laughs> I was thinking steroid. Oh, okay. Because he was always angry. Yeah, that's true. And he said he was strong. Yeah. 
um, I kept confusing her. I thought she was L, and so that got even more confusing because then there's two L's and also, right. and then you have Merlin girl, Malin. Malin. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the first couple times I read it as Merlin, which was <laughs> really confusing. Um, but then she'd have like, oh, I'm just gonna randomly conjure up an, an additional L to make it even worse for you. And I was like, I, I can't keep track of any of you. Um, but yeah, I would have, I would have actually really enjoyed having voice acting because the the text moves so slowly, and so you have these like emotional moments, and all of a sudden I could I could tell feel myself getting like really frustrated. I was like, I want to hear a voice. I want this to move faster than like a two year old typing. Uh, I would have just liked advanceable boxes. Like, I, I don't get why I can't advance that dialogue. Because I didn't do that back then? Uh, no, some games did. Yeah, I think. But it wasn't standard like it is now. That's true. But yeah, I, I, overall, I, I like the game. Um, I just... And I, I, I think most mostly I have a really, like, terrible taste in my mouth because I had to use a guide almost the whole game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I hate that. And so, and it wasn't even like I, th- I think this game, gameplay wise, peaks in chapter two. Story obviously it peaks in chapter four, which they did a very good job kind of tailing the story. I liked that. Yeah. Um, but two, even if you're in an area and you could get frustrated because you might have missed an enemy, so you weren't getting a soul to pop up, or you didn't know exactly where to go, or why do I have to backtrack to the beginning of the level or whatnot? That's fine because you knew you belonged in that space. And there's so much in the third chapter that, like we were saying, you don't know where you're going to go. Right. So you could be in a space that's wrong and also not be able to find what you think you're supposed to find in there. On the other hand, like I had some uh, legitimately satisfying moments of exploration. Like, especially when you first get your boat and you don't know out there like it's fun to go around and find new towns yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's crazy because all of a sudden you're like you needed to have those birds everywhere or like collect 10 logs to build a bridge yeah that was weird that was terrible <laughs> that was absolutely awful um but then all of a sudden it's like you know what just go anywhere it doesn't matter yeah wherever you want to go yeah which it, it opens very quickly yeah and it, it does so in a... It's empowering, which I really enjoyed because you had struggled so long trying to get places. Yeah. But then, like we were saying, like with the map, it quickly becomes frustrating because you don't know where you're supposed to go either. Yeah, and I'm a little... I mean, I use the guide as well, and that's probably one of the things that I'm a little sad about is that I missed out on that feeling of exploration. Um, like with those side quests. I actually like the side quests, but I... Um, I, f- I felt like, you know, there's, I because of the time crunch, it just, I didn't have time to really, like, dig around and explore and look for them. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, like, that's one of the things that I love to do, is to just poke around the world and, like, find yeah. side quests. And... It, well, most of those side quests are just, like, leave the town, go back in, talk to the guy again. Oh, I forgot about that. that or, is... Like, do a dungeon and then talk to him again. What, why? Why? I don't know. Why? It's... Why do you have to sometimes leave the house and come back? Sometimes you have to leave the town and come back, and sometimes you have to leave the town and go to a different town and come back. It's quick and easy. No, that's idiotic. I mean, it's dumb, but 
That makes no sense. And also, how can that game not be smart enough that I want to give a flower to somebody or I want to use a key? Why do I have to equip it? Why would I walk up to somebody and say, I know you're a butcher. I know you want this meat. Why can't it just automatically be there? Why do I have to go to my stupid little box, pull out the meat, and hand it to them? And why is nobody else freaked out that I keep jumping in a box? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is the the eternal video game question. Why don't they comment on the weird stuff I'm doing in-game? It was one thing when you're talking to a lion, they're like, you know what, he's doing human things that we don't understand him. Like, whatever. But when I'm with other people, they should understand you're not supposed to jump in that box that's like half your size. Like, that makes no sense. Sorry. I don't want to talk to you anymore. You freaked me out. I don't want to take any meat or sardines that came out of that box. That that's that's a no go. Not doing business with you. You know, I I was really surprised. I found a lot of that this this playthrough I didn't have to like and maybe it's because I did it once before, but like I naturally found a lot of the side quest stuff. Like I didn't have to look up much for the society building side quests. So I we kinda of talked about this in the pre show. I think we have to touch on this. Davey, you way oversold society building. <laughs> um, I think it's satisfying. It's cool. No, it, it's fine. But I shouldn't have to come and like, because you're like, oh, you have to save up money. You have to buy this. And like, you have the guy that's like, it's 8% growth or whatever. We need to kill yeah. this king so that we can have somebody good. Um, it, it kind of led me to think that you were actually investing I <sighs> and that there's going to be like, hey, there's plots of land. You're going to choose to invest oh. in like we're going to build this or we're going to rebuild this. Do you want to spend like two thousand dollars or gems to do this? Kind of like Fable Two. If, if okay. any of you have played that, no. But you're going around and you're purchasing buildings. You're going around and then once you buy that building, you are improving it so that the rent goes up on that. And I wasn't expecting them to like get rent back, but I thought there was going to be like a give and take of I'm picking and choosing what to invest in, even if it's on a linear tree. Okay. And yeah, then no, overall, that cool. town's going to get really nice. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like in Wild Arms where, you know, you can sort of basically in- invest in the town. Like, oh, we need X amount of money to reach whatever the next level is and yeah. just do that. I have... Like, I have these weird false memories about this game because I feel like I remember doing that the first time I played it. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, this is on the pre-show, but I literally came in and we're like, oh, look at the show notes. And I was like, Davey, what's the deal? What's society building? The only thing I ever did was I bought an apartment. And I was like, so you beat society building. Like, you <laughs> finished it. And it, it blew my mind because I was like, I, I bought an apartment. That's not, I didn't build a society. I built an apartment. Put a bed in there. I liked my apartment a lot. <laughs> I had a save point. That was cool. Yeah. Free bed. Uh, yeah. That's very nice. Yeah. It was just cute. But, um, kind of speaking of cuteness, I guess, um, what do you guys think of being able to walk through like the development center of Quintet? That was awesome. I, I always like it when developers do that. I... I also gave gives you a weird perspective into the development in this game because when like they're people all are complaining <laughs> they're all complaining about crunch and like there's a crash space that's just horrible looking and one of the people is like hopefully i can go home i haven't been back in two weeks yeah 
And well, then some of them are penguins. Well, when you think about it, too, there's a lot of stuff in this game, like for a Super Nintendo game. Like, there's a strange, large amount of content here. Oh, absolutely. The, 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 at the end of the day, no matter what, I super admire this game. Um, for all the reasons that I get frustrated, because there's, there's so much weird stuff to the side that you have to, like, try to seek out. Yeah. But there's a lot of side content. There's a lot of different areas. They, they legitimately built different areas. Um, yeah. And then even going into the final boss when you do the endless road with those Yo, weird yeah. baby faces. Yeah. It's like that that is so different from anything else you've ever seen in the game. Yeah. Um and, and they they did the uh mode seven graphics and the ending. Yeah. And so it's one of the things they put a lot into this and it, I think if nothing else the game should be applauded for that. It's very impressive. Yeah. So I, I guess loves their mode seven. Yeah, for sure. Both, both Actraiser games. I think all three, Soul, like all three of the Soul Blazer games, use it use it all the time. So one of the things I want to touch on, and I wouldn't let Peter know what it was before the show. Oh um, no, here it comes. But it was like a week ago, I think, and all of a sudden Peter was like, "Yeah, this game just not not working out for you." Was that kind of what you're saying before? Um, like what was so off-putting? Because you said you had fallen really far behind. I, I, like, like I said earlier, for for me, for for me, it had large, a lot to do with trying to play this, trying trying to play this for the for the podcast, um, and combined with kind of how I was I was getting I was getting stuck in almost every dungeon, because the I guess the way I was trying to play it, like, let, let me back up a bit. The, the the chapter one when you're going through the five towers I think gave me a false impression of what the dungeon design in this game was going to be like. Yeah. Because okay. as I because as I was playing those I'm thinking to myself okay this this kind of makes sense in weird video game logic like it's intuitive you can kind of see there here's here's the puzzle pieces you need here are the solutions to each puzzle but then as you go on through the game especially I think later on in chapter two the dungeons just get vaguer and vaguer and they, yeah. they make less and less sense. And then that kind of extrapolates to the world map in chapter three. Yeah. And, and by, by the time, like, and as, and as I got, I was kind of, I've, I've just been trying to keep up with school, keep up with school and stuff. So like, as, as I'm like, tr as I'm trying to play this game and it's making less sense than like, I don't know, my, my freaking like Spanish homework. Yeah. <laughs> I will like, say that. When you play something for the, sh the show, like on the time limit, every time it wastes any time, like any amount of your time, you just get like so much more frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, uh, I, I kind of agree. This is, for me, it was a very hard month as well, just timing wise. Um, inside baseball, we're recording Cynthia Knight like two hours after we're done with recording this one. Um, so this is one of those hard months that we have basically two overlapping games. And then also, like, Peter, uh, I have school as well. And so yeah, right. it, it was one of those, uh, and there's games that, like, pull you back, which I we have to get to Davy's wonderful story. This game never felt like it was tugging me back. Like, I, I turned the game off and the game was done. Um, and I had to remind myself to go back to it, which is usually a bad sign for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it, it started to feel like work. Well, it is work. Sense. It is, but <laughs> but it, it it's not like playing FF10 for the playing FF10 for the podcast. I love FF10, 
I can play FF10 like whenever I want. And oh, and I get to talk about it on the show for two hours, yay. But Terranigma, while it's really interesting, I have no history with this developer or this this game. I'm playing it completely fresh for the first time. And once it starts to stop making sense to me, I, I guess I was rapidly losing interest. Yeah. Although I will say that the guide actually helped me in that respect. Because it did. Like once I stopped beating my head against the wall and be like, I'm just gonna have someone guide me through this very strange dungeon, and I'm just gonna get to the end, and it's gonna be easy. Like it, it's not the ideal way of doing it, but it got a lot of the frustration out of the way. Yeah, I, like I, it feels so weird saying it, but playing with the guide makes this game so much better. <laughs> oh, I would have. Was, I would have. Was, ever, was everyone using that RPG classics guide? I was. Yes, I was. I was using I, that I, and I a game fix. Doubling up. Yeah. I, I, lo- I love RPG classics. That's, they're how I got through Chrono Cross. Those screenshots are so great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the, the screenshots definitely help. Definitely uh, during Chapter 2 when you're trying to fi- where to find the enemies and whatnot, yep. having a screenshot actually showing where it's supposed to be made it make sense. Because you read the description and it's like, go back to this point. I'm like, I don't you, ha- you basically have to start from the beginning again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, like, Peter and I weren't thinking about the game when it was off, but Dave, he supposedly was. Um, so, I I didn't do it on purpose. I had, like, a stretch of time off, and during that stretch of time, I got, like, a pretty bad 48-hour bug. And I was, like, laying around feeling like crap, and then I remembered, oh, I have that fever medicine. And then I remembered that was in Terranigma and not real life. <laughs> Terranigma has has become re- your reality. Yeah, I was. That is actually the time the ge- I was most into the game too. So I guess it makes sense. It was like the middle of chapter three when you have all the towns and you can do like kind of a lot with them at that point. Uh, uh something about that was really satisfying to me, and like the. There weren't that many dungeons in Chapter 3, I don't feel like. like no, there, there was is, not enough. Yeah. You don't think so? No. I, I, I actually kind of liked that, because like, things kept moving forward pretty quickly, and then the rest of the town stuff would open up. Yeah, it, pretty good gameplay loop for a little bit. It, it was nice, but I, I liked having those enclosed loops. That's why, for me, Chapter 2 is the best part. Um, each oh. e- each area is a diff- distinct experience. A yeah. little bit different feeling every time as well, like like the escort missions like we talked about, and then there's a boss. And I like having that capstone for that event. Yeah, there were even less bosses than dungeons in Chapter 3, too. And, that, and that's, I, I actually genuinely like the bosses in this game. And so to not have any for that huge chunk was really disappointing. You, all you had was Bloody Mary, which... I hated that freaking boss. The boss yeah. went down in like two seconds for me. Really? Yeah. Well, so here's an easy one. What level was everybody when they finished the game? Uh, 25. Yeah. So I was 34. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, so right, you were do- you were doing that that you oh, would, yeah. you would go just reload like you would die and go back to the save yeah. point just grind a lot. Yeah. So I just I crushed things. Um. All right. So 
again, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, Bloody Mary was not hard. I was, it was really disappointing because I was like, and that's I looked at your notes. You're like, Bloody Mary is dumb, and I was like, oh yeah, I agree. Could have been so much harder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say like I actually didn't like the bosses in Chapter Three for the most part, but. I guess I was probably just underleveled because I had a hard time with a lot of them. I was get, getting like one or two shot by like the the big robot guy with the pile driver feet. Oh, he oh. died in one hit for me, basically. <laughs> Sometimes two. It was really depressing when I hit him twice. Oh, so that must have been even worse for you. You're like, man, I just want to get a good fight out of these bosses. Or... Yeah, well, and I had no problem. It's like those are that that's dungeon fodder. Yeah. Um. And they, they looked, looked really cool, really so I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, then it's like, I want to have a fight. Like, when Maylin, you're like, you have the falling out with Maylin. Yeah. It's like, I want to battle her. <laughs> like, when Royd's, like, talking and is like, I bet I could beat you. And I was like, I'm about to smack you down. Like, I'm beat this old. <laughs> and kind of want to smack Royd up. And there's, so there's all these, there's actually multiple buildups. So I was like, all right, we're going to fight somebody. Let's do this. And they're like, I'm going to leave now. No, please, please come back. I want to show off my wonderful gear, and I want to show off what it means to be overleveled. Um, so that was actually, I, I found that to be uh, the most depressing part of all of Chapter 3. Was, yeah. I, I wanted those dungeons, and I wanted those bosses. So the sweet spot was probably somewhere between there. Yeah, I'm yeah. at 29 right now, and I, you know, like, I had an easy time with the robot boss, but I didn't. I, I didn't two-shot him. Um, <laughs> um, I was doing, like, four damage a hit. I was just, like, doing constantly doing did you sprint have, attack. Did you have the right rod uh, equipped? You gotta do good rod work. Yeah. Wait, which rod were you supposed to um, use? I don't recall exactly which one. I think either the... I was using the three-point stick or something like that. The three... Yeah, the... Yeah, I know um, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, because I was using a different one. I was using like the Sea Spear or something like that, and I was only doing two or three damage per robot. I'm like, well, I wonder if it's the weapon, and so I switched. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I had no problem with the robots. Okay. Yeah. But that's the, that's another problem, right? The, supposedly each weapon has an attribute that, yeah. that matters quite significantly, but <laughs> there's you don't know what it is. There's no description yeah. in the menu. Right. Um, you're it, looking at a just a quick fact. It looks like you're supposed to use the light rod. Uh, huh. Okay. But yeah, I agree. It's it's one of those things. that's terrible. All they show is here's your attack. Here's your new attack. There's an arrow up or down. Yeah. Which in most games, unless there's active like showing that there's elemental effects, you just pick what's better. Yeah. Right. Um. And then they don't even really show off, like, here's the actual effect. It, it's kind of hidden. You have to understand based off the name or where you got it. Yeah. Uh, and like we were talking about before, you can accidentally throw out one of these weapons. Yeah. Or um, purposefully. You have to. Yeah. Eventually yeah. you get too many weapons and you have to start throwing yeah. them away. And so it's one of those things that you could very easily kind of screw yourself over or make something much more difficult by throwing something out. Um, yeah. And then... To even look at your stats, you have to leave the armor or you have to leave the weapon screen, go back to the main screen, and then look at the mirror. And then right. they'll be like, oh, here's your attack, here's your defense, here's your this. And even that 
wouldn't necessarily help you for the uh, boss. Right. But yeah, I had zero problem with Bloody Mary. <laughs> I can't, man. That I was very upset. <laughs> that was a that was a long thing for me, man. <laughs> um, and supposedly using magic, it looks like either yeah. light based spells or lightning. Yeah, I killed I guess, it using magic, but yeah. just barely. I almost died as well. I beat the whole game without ever using magic. Did you end up using uh, healing items? Nope. Wow. Even against the final boss? Oh. Wow. Did you, use, did you block against the final boss? I did block. Oh, that okay. was the first time I had a block. It was really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... I, I went to that boss fight with like 350 health or something. Cool. And I think it, it got me down to like 150. Um, I yeah, still that's... don't really understand how you were supposed to necessarily fight the final boss, because... It shoots stuff at you, you avoid it, and then it shoots its spiky icicle head at you, and then it stopped next to me, and I swung once, and it died. Okay. Well, yeah, what I did was, like, I hung around bottom screen. I did the, like, dash attack back and forth a lot. Yeah. iframes. Yeah. To avoid just it. Kinda, yeah, just kind of lure them down there and take pot shots when I can. Yeah, I... Yeah, that was... That was okay. I thought it was fun. It's fine. I, I, I think, think it's not one of the, the best. He was the best boss in the end. <laughs> was... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, was, I, 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 I think chapter two is the best stuff. Gameplay wise. Sure. Yeah, you're right. The story of specifically four is fantastic. Yeah. Um, confusing in parts. Like the end of three where we're like, oh, so the, the world's dying, but it's not dying. People live forever, but you're choosing who's living forever. I died because I touched a computer. What? what? <laughs> no, no, you died because you got zapped by robots that are sort of... I like how they reference the three laws of robotics. Robotics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all the concepts to introduce. <laughs> well, it gets so much better than that. Because all of a sudden yeah. you're a baby. Yep. And there's two L's that one wants to kill you, one doesn't know what to do because there's another L. And then you just magically transform into a human, and people are really—they're more surprised that Ark's there than that you used to be a baby. Right. What? I, I'm not that far yet. So. And then Yomi pops out and is like, "Yo, this Yomi's bad." <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what is going on? Uh... And then you go through all of this, and Ark literally has like the emotional capacity of a teaspoon because it's like you already like completely screwed over Maylin. Like, you have two L's that you've readily admitted that you both like, both of them. Yeah. And then this one expresses her love for you after she tried to save your life, and you're like, you know what? I need some time to think about this. Yeah. I mean, that was a really messed up scene, for sure. And it's like, you as the player, like you don't know what's going on. You're like, is this a dream, or is this like really happening like in the real world in the game? Like, it was really hard to discern, and I liked that about it. You liked being a baby? No, well, I liked how confused I was, and, like, that that probably, like, five, ten minutes of just trying to interpret <laughs> what was going on in that scene it was an feel, enjoyable experience. I feel like the half an hour on each side of that of confusion was... Yeah. Alright, because even when 
because you find L. No, you found Frida in a bed. Yep. And she was sick. I thought that was L, which that screwed me up. Um, that that was confusing for me as well. But then there's like a dream, but you're inside the dream. Right. Yeah. But really, it's her mumbling. Yep. Right. And somehow giving her ginseng allows you to enter her dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so happy you brought that up. That was insane. <laughs> it's like you have to you have to cure her of her bad dream. Like so so how is that related to ginseng? Like how is this <laughs> Yeah, it, it it just the that whole section and then we were talking on pre-show like what's the deal with Baruga and like his whole role in everything at least in in so far as chapter 3 and it's like I I kind of get it. Right. I feel like I understand, but I feel like they could have done a much better job explaining that. Well, I kind of, I kind of like how interesting it is. Like it's hard to parse the information they give you, so you kind of think about it a lot. Yeah, and it's one of those things. It you fully. I feel a lot of times if you're watching a show, reading a book, playing a game. You're either in a position that you know much less than the main character, you know much more. Right. And I think we fully got to participate in the main character being massively confused because we were just right. confused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I did like that. I don't think Ark's supposed to be super intelligent. So no, him not right. knowing what's going on with the zombies and why is there robots when I just invented the telephone yesterday. <laughs> right. Um, like I, I, I don't have an overall problem with it, so I don't know. The, but it's it's out there for sure. It gets really weird really quickly. Yeah, dude. In that one scene when you're collecting uh the sunstones, that Estrica, do you know what I'm talking about with the chalices? Oh yes, man. That that scene is insane. Because it's, it's one of the things again. It's like there's no there's nothing else in the game that sets up that I should be just standing here and go into the past yeah or the future i guess technically it would be the future was that story like a reference to something i took it as a premonition and for him to be worried about it so like that um because you're seeing l correct yeah i took it as l's not good and which kind of makes sense because l was sent to kill you right but then it's confusing because it wasn't it princess l not krista l which Krista or Princess L was actually good. I don't remember which L they used in that scene. <laughs> and that's where, like we were talking about before, if they could tighten up some of these elements, there's so right. much story there. There's, it's actually, I think, from what I was able to perceive, it's actually a really well done story. Yeah. They kind of pulled the rug out from you a couple times, and some yeah. really good like. I trusted this person, now I can't. I thought I saved the world, really, I was destroying it. Mm-hmm. The um, Elder. Yeah, yeah, the Elder. Yep. And so, there's a lot of that, and then the ultimate, like, you're... You've been bad this whole time, like, you are from the Dark World, there is a light you. Right. Um, there's so many, like, really cool story elements, that if they tweaked how it was told, and made it more understandable, just a little bit. Yeah, only a little bit, yeah. for sure. Because that, that's the great thing is we've argued about this on the uh, previous podcast of like when is the right time to like 
start letting the player know because it's not fair for the player just to be completely surprised because you don't get the payoff of any of that right um but at the same time making it so that they don't understand so they didn't there was no way for them to expect it they don't have that that buy-in oh you know what just this week i just played um hotline miami and when i beat that game i was really upset i was like this ending sucks like what's going on and i spent like about an hour hour and a half like online reading about it and about like the theories and the meaning and the developer's message that they were trying to convey and i enjoy it a lot more now and i, no, I was and like I, I would i was like I, I would, oh sorry i was getting oh, up sorry, I, I, go. Gonna, I go so did you go back and redo it did you see the real ending yet yes okay so like the computers and whatnot and yep. yep. type of thing okay yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and again i have no problem with that i know a lot of people hate that like oh for me to get the real ending i have to get 100 percent it's like, you know what, there, there should be some payoff for people doing everything. I have zero qualms with that. Um, but I do still think in a lot of ways that first ending should be something that gives the normal person feel feel of a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I just feel like that game was thought-provoking in a better way than Terra Enigma is. Because Terra Enigma is like way too light-handed, I think. They need to have, like, a firmer touch. This game was also 15, 17, 19, however many years old. Yeah, but, I mean, there were games doing that of this vintage. Like, this was after Chrono Trigger, was after... Actually, that might have been around the same time. Maybe it was after various Final Fantasies that did it well. Maybe it's not fair for me to do this, but I'm willing to give it a pass because of its age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things that any of the games today are standing on the shoulders of all the games that came before it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Yeah, so we've, we've kind of delved head first into the ending. Um, do we want to talk about Dark Gaia? And that Probably Dark should. Gaia, Dark Gaia is the Elder, right? Yeah, yep, that's true. And that she built the town to take over the world? I oh, feel shit. like that was kind of a punch out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots of surprise. Like, yeah, well, like to be fair, the game... That's one thing the game does just kind of drop on you. It's like, oh yeah, the elders dark Gaia. Like, I, I don't feel like they really built it up before that point. I, I remember there was one scene that the elder is doing something shady in that Ark is like having during a dream or something. Yes. So they did some little bit of run up on that, and then bigger. Th- so it, it wasn't terribly shocking for me. I had fully put together by the time that I didn't expect it to him to actually be dark Gaia. I anticipated that he was like pre. That I guess it would, pre, would be a head priest, not a priestess, of Dark Gaia. Okay. Because they had really led into, and then this is what we were having issues at the beginning of the game, where we're like, "Oh, so where are we if we're not coming back with all the normal people, right? Like, mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense." And then we touched on it last episode. It was like, "Oh, there's a princess who's identical to RL," and you start, and then when you go to the town, it's like, "This is our town." Right. This was destroyed. This is obviously so that started leading into there is good, bad. They keep talking about light and dark, and it's like, right. oh, there's actually a physical copy of everything. And so I was anticipating, which unfortunately we never get. I anticipated that there had to be an elder for up above, and therefore mm. your elder had to be bad. Um, mm. Sadly, I never put together that you actually had to be bad then, mm. um, because I thought he was the. Which he is the the like the resurrected hero, right. that he then had to be the anomaly, right? 
the one. Right. And so that's why I thought he was the literal one. There just wasn't another one. And so he, that that really surprised me. I was like, oh, you're talking to yourself because there was a light arc. Yeah. Which that light arc had to feel pretty good. I was like, plan on saving the world. Slept in, though, and this other guy went and did it for me. Speaking about sleeping in, in the ending, I like how they're like, well, this world's going to be gone soon, but we're going to give you one more day of the life you want. And was... you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, in all fairness, originally, when the uh, light guy was like, hey, we really appreciate you get, like, 12 hours to stay alive. Right. So you're going to give me 12 hours in this town where nobody is. I'm staring at basically all the dead remnants of my entire life sitting in this, so you let me think about all these terrible things that happen to people I care about? That's what we're doing? That's my (laughs) prize? So I was at least happy you got to talk to Al for, like, two seconds. Yeah. But yeah, then he was like, yeah, well, that's how this whole game is for anything to actually move forward. You just need to sleep. You need to sleep or you need to leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, they, and I was ready to just rip this game apart. Just I, that ending infuriated me. Because it's one of those things that's like, you know what? I feel like there was enough resurrection stories of like, mm-hmm. he died. He died as a dark person. He resurrected himself as a light. He became the champion of the world. There's enough there to be able to say, like, like I to be like, thanks. Let's let's keep you alive. Like you've earned your place in the light. Um, right. But they have that after credit scene. And that's where, like, I was right. I was so pissed. And then I sat through that really long credit scene of a bird flying because I wanted <laughs> to watch more birds flying. I did. Um. And then the music's it, Oh, I had it on mute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a song. I've been playing um, with you as well. I'm with you now. Yeah, it's wonderful. It goes by so much quicker. And now you'll be really happy, Davey, for Symphony of the Night. I'm just listening to other music. I don't even have it on mute. Sorry. Oh, man. Um, but at least the ending, that they, they kind of bring it back around. They they imply enough that you could have survived. Or that they, they, they brought you back. or mm. So that, that made it so I... The game's back in my good graces because of that. That's awesome that they got you to get ride that roller coaster. It's not a roller coaster I wanted to ride, though. They forced <laughs> me on it. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, I don't know. There's a lot there. It's a it's yeah. a lot of confusing stuff. It's actually kind of difficult to try to unpack all of it. Yeah, it really is, especially since I was like in a fever coma half the time. Well, you you were actually living. Yeah. The game. That that that's like the coolest thing ever. I resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Ark resurrects himself like three times during the course yes, of the game. You yes. Really. Yeah. In one literal time where he dies and comes back as a baby. Man. Yeah. It's so freaking weird. It's all really, really like solidly in the theme though. Of. Uh. You can't just say that and just expect everybody to be like, yeah, he's really smart. No, and the th- I just mean the theme of the game. Like, of resurrection. The resurrection. Yeah, rebirth. Death and, and rebirth. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like that's the ultimate message the developers wanted to convey was, like, some kind of understanding of, like, life is good. And, like, it's good to have living things and to be one with nature. And, like, there's kind of this... They don't ever really get deliberately religious with it. But it delivers like really, usually religious uh, morals. Can I 
Can I do a small counterpoint to that? Yeah. About like the world being good. Is the world actually good? So you do everything to resurrect the world. Everything's supposed to be pure. Even when at the end of the game, though, everything's still messed up. They're talking about how everything is still in an awful place. That you have like the monsters are still moving around. They're going to slowly disappear, but they're still there. You just had multiple towns that had been eradicated, either from a virus gun or from whatever the other thing was that destroyed a town. Um, and then Ark's dealing with trying to figure out if everything he did was what he was supposed to do, or if really his actions actually brought apart, like brought along a darkness. You, you know, yeah, I was thinking when you're doing the society building stuff too, like that stuff veers like really strongly, like kind of Marxist actually, and like. To get that one town to develop, which is like kind of the gameplay thing you want to go for, you have to vote for the mayor who's like, I'm going to build the economy at any cost, whereas the other guy just wants the people to be happy and he wants to have like a good uh, state of living. Right, yeah, oh. and each economic advisor is like, we need to like basically stimulate free trade. Like, Yeah. Right. So, first of all, why are you allowed to vote if you don't live there? <laughs> Why did they let me be the swing vote? <laughs> um, and then, so I voted for the guy that growth because I knew you were supposed to do society building, so I assumed that was the right choice. Can you vote for the other guy, and does the other guy actually win? And then none of those side yes. quests happen? Apparently That's you can correct. vote for the other guy. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of awesome. I love when games do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, like, there's other stuff, too. Like, as you start to build certain communities, like, like single people, like, will, like, move out of the town because they don't like the hustle and bustle of the city yeah i i didn't i didn't notice that that's kind of cool i enjoyed like helping like i complained that technology boomed very quickly everywhere yeah. i have no idea of the timeline of this game it right it doesn't make any right it's over a what it seems like over a few days or months max right it's like 600 years <laughs> yeah um but I think it's really cool to watch, like, oh, I helped make the phones, I'm seeing phones. I helped make lights, now I'm seeing lights places. So, yeah, maybe the message we were supposed to get w was to, like, feel disturbed by that afterward. By the onward march of commerce and technology. Yeah, they're like, but that was actually the work of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, I didn't think of that. <laughs> Yeah, because chapter two is all about communing with nature and like, yeah, talking to plants and animals, right? And, and they talk, and like, don't the birds at some point talk about like, oh, when the humans were around, they used to hunt us, uh, but now there's yeah. no humans. And yeah. then at some point, you find the bird king in a cage who's all sad. Yeah, that was sad. A bummer. And and let's not forget too, the, the name of chapter three is Resurrection of the Genius, right. which is. It's refer isn't it? Ref it's referring to the mad scientist, the guy who's gonna like kill everything. Baruga, yeah, yeah, him, right? Isn't that what yeah. it's referring to? I mean, supposedly that's... you're you're interacting with several geniuses, like Columbus is a genius, right? But that's I, that's how I took it. But perhaps yeah, there's a deeper meaning there. Yeah, it could be Baruga, and that's all those like you know those historical like those people from throughout humankind who've made all these great advancements that distance us distance us from the that harmony with nature. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's what I really like about this game, man. Like, we're having this serious discussion about, like, how society should have developed. Like, it gets, it puts you in a weird mind space. It really does. 
Yeah, because just reality is so warped that you're not really... Like, it takes you out of a present reality, like the way things yeah. actually are. Yep. And you're just existing in this really odd world. It's, like, abstracted to the degree that you're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and speaking of... Okay, speaking of the weird world, I'm just going to go off on, like, a weird rant here. But so Please do. You know how, like, every... <laughs> basically, you, you go around to these different sections of the world and they're they're sort of they're sort of characteristic right like you're in well you're in antarctica and it's inhabited by penguins but whatever um, yeah but like everyone speaks english and and then you go to china and they start speaking really broken english yeah <laughs> so it was one of those things uh i hadn't been paying full attention to how everybody was talking and it was during a time I was legitimately, like, I was actively engaged with what was actually being said and paying attention. I was like, this was translated really poorly. <laughs> and then it was, like, a couple minutes later, I was like, wow, that's really messed up. They translated on purpose like that. That is messed up. Yeah, I've seen that in anime, too. Like, a lot of anime and manga, Chinese characters will have improper grammar. Um, so I, I, in, I don't know if they're just racist. <laughs> I mean, probably so, so, a little bit. Sort of the... Sort of the stranger did that, where all the Chinese characters just have really terrible their dialogue and their voice acting is terrible. Yeah, yeah so that's that's bad. No, that, that's a really good point. Like I'm happy a, you brought that up. It's a really good movie, by the way. You should all watch Sort of the Stranger. Okay. Anyway, noted. Yeah, with, with all our free time. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I I think they're I think the game's good. It's not the best game I think we've done on Retro Encounter, but I think it's I think it's definitely a good game i'm happy i played it um, i yeah. like i like the things it does to me emotionally and like intellectually i don't think as a game itself it's the greatest it's kind of more like a modernish indie game than an old snes game in a lot of ways yeah it's poorly executed in certain ways like if you're gonna have platforming you need to really make it work well yeah right <laughs> you know? exactly yeah um, but, but I'm now very excited because I haven't beat I haven't beaten chapter or I haven't finished chapter three yet. So now I'm like have a lot of anticipation for all this weird yeah, stuff. At the end. Yeah, man. If you let us know if you like crack some of the codes, man, because it goes weird. Yeah, but then it like it goes weird in a wonderful way because it it's not you never feel like hey I have no idea what's going on because you know enough. But then it's still like. It's just fringe on that. That you're like, I, this this game could just end right now. Like, I, if it went to black, I'd be like, yeah, fine, we'll end it like that, sure. Um, and then I I, I won't go into it because I don't want to ruin this for you. But the ending of Baruga. Oh yeah. Which again, kind of like what I was saying before. Like, let's have this boss battle, or like, let's have him escape. Let's track him down for a third time. But to have him go out the way he goes out. It, it's just one of those things. Like, sure, never would have guessed any game would do it this way. <laughs> let's let's have the main character just kind of like whimsically have an ending. Like, okay, sure. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be very intrigued to hear kind of your final thoughts. And I, I hope I hope you do finish it. It, it comes together in a, a wonderful way. Um, well, we'll have our final thoughts write ups. Yeah, yeah. So so now you have to finish it by next weekend. Okay, <laughs> I can do that. Um. But yeah, it, uh, like I said, it just it comes together really well, and I, I think I think 
chapter if I were to sum it up, chapter one is a great introduction. And I agree with what Peter said, there's a lot of misleading things there. But I think it does a great job pulling you in and getting you excited. I think chapter two is brilliant. It builds off of all the core mechanics of one, of how, hey, I unlocked these territories, I'm going to go to them now, I am actually have a specific goal in mind, I know what I have to do. Um, I personally like the dungeons and the bosses, but I can see why people wouldn't. Three, though, for me, I think it, it kind of just loses its way. And like there's almost yeah. too much and there aren't very clearly defined goals like you're you're supposed to be building the world sort of but you know like you have to build a plane sort of and you, you figure yeah. that out and but you don't know that until you rescue the guy who needs you to build a plane so right and, and they take some of that just awkward stiltedness of chapter three and they roll into chapter four and there's still, you have to fill in the gaps of like where I'm supposed to go, but they give you enough hints and it's much more on a linear path than again. Mm. And that's where I think, like, I don't like how they do some of the encounters, but they definitely, you are ramping up to something. You are getting excited. They bring everybody back. So you have these kind of emotional yeah, touch points of like, cool. I saved this person. They're coming to help me. This person, remember I did this? <laughs> 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 the dogs heard. You know, um, but you, like you get all those kind of you get those emotional payoffs for everything else that you've done in the past. Yeah. Um, and you have people that were formerly enemies coming back to help you. It it does a really good job of just bringing everything together, and then yeah. there's a good ending. Like you feel fulfilled. Yeah, I feel like a lot of video games botch the ending, but I really feel like turning the nails its entire end sequence actually well, <laughs> so that's our fifth chair of the podcast <laughs> um well so i call this the lost like the tv show lost problem and i i, I adore that show but at the end of the t day you have to explain you have to explain something yeah and why everything is always amazing is it's in the mystery right like, that's what's going to drive you forward, because you want to solve that. You you make all these crazy ideas in your head, and each one's more fantastic than the last one. And no matter what, at the end of the day, reality's not going to be as good as that. Or you have, like, oh, well, I already thought about that, like, five hours ago. Whatever. And so the great thing about Terranigma is they never actually want you to understand anything. <laughs> And so there's still mystery at the end. Yeah. So they, they, they wrap things up enough that it, it's like you feel kind of fulfilled, fulfilled, but there's still mystery there. So they, you don't have that like, well, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. They wrap up th they wrap up things for the characters in the main story with while leaving some of the mystique to the setting, which is just to be, be counterproductive. I'm going to say Lost failed to do. Yeah. No, I and I, I that is my favorite TV show of all time. That ending is ho hum. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I think Lost could have actually taken kind of some notes from this of don't explain everything. Why this is amazing is because it is confusing. Let let me like I know people complain about this, but you look at the Sopranos and that was an ending that people were gonna talk about for years and they did. And to a lesser extent, or a much lesser extent, Terry Enigma has an ending that we could probably have a full two-hour podcast where we argued about what we thought happened. Yeah. And that's why you, you can have you have that letdown before the, the credits. You stay for that credits, and there's such a payoff there. 
even even that scene though, even the post credit scene is vague. Yep, and that's why it's wonderful. Yeah, you, you know, you you know, you know that like that what that scene's probably supposed to convey. Who's knocking at the door? It's supposed to be like it's Ark. He's back. He made it. They he and L get to be together forever. I I watched that clip, and I by the first thought that pumped in my head is, what if it was the devil? No, what's oh. even better? It's a purple-haired light arc. Yeah, like his light side half. Yeah, right. his light side is like. Thank, thanks for buttering it up for me. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go glows. I'm gonna reap all the rewards. Oh, that's just, that's just cruel. <sighs> oh. Um, no, and that's the thing is like, there's so many different cool things there. Yeah. Uh, maybe chaos, like. Maybe not all the chaos was solved, so now somebody's coming after her. Like, there was other people beyond just... It, they made this impression that there was lots of people out for her. Maybe some yeah. of that group's still there. Maybe it's a light arc. Maybe it's dark arc that somehow got to survive. Right. Maybe it's somebody delivering her a pizza. Yeah, it could be any of these things. Um, we, we did invent pizza delivery. Yeah, it's <laughs> delivered by drones of the airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, better, it's it's the gulls. The gulls go around yeah. and deliver them. Yeah, that's that's why the ending sequence was just a bird flying. Yep, that was Ellie's pizza. Yep. So, okay, if the message of this game is trying to tell us something about like industry and as opposed to like nature, then it'd be really cool if you could choose to develop society in one of those two ways. Be like, we're gonna. It would be cool. Yeah. Really drive that home. If I could still I mean, talk to the animals throughout the whole story, I'd pick. Oh, I'd pick nature. Yeah, totally. I mean, Squeenix has the rights, so maybe they'll remake this when they're done with FF7. No, we'll just get the <laughs> we'll get the PC version of it. We'll, we'll get the PC port with terrible looking sprites and, and broken then, backgrounds. And then after complaining a year later, they'll say, "Oh, we'll actually for real remake it." Um, I really do think. As like uh, eShop release in America, that Terranigma would do well, just because I know there's so many people that are interested in this game but can't get a hold of it. Yeah, like put it. And, I, know, I know that Nintendo doesn't put SNES games on the 3DS for whatever reason, but like slap it on on the Wii U eShop or on the 3DS eShop, and for like six bucks and right, or even I think you could charge like fifteen. I, mean, I don't know I, how I'd feel if I. I, I would. I would pay it. I don't know if. I think I, I don't know. Most SNES games on the Wii Shop. I would pay fifteen dollars for this game. I thought. I think I paid eight bucks for Earthbound. Oh really? Yeah, yeah Earthbound. I, I have not played all of Earthbound, but that game is much better than this game. <laughs> well, I think if I paid fifteen dollars to just be frustrated for like fifteen hours, <laughs> I I would not be happy. <laughs> Like, this is a four ninety nine game to me, and I hate putting price on things. I was about to say, yeah, I'm not really comfortable with this conversation. <laughs> Fine, fair enough. I it's one of those things. I it's I think this about all the old games. I think this is something that's terrifying about moving to the digital kind of future. Is the idea that you could at some point not be able to play this anymore? Yeah. And so I'm always a like a huge supporter of I want. Any game that's been released, even the terrible ones, they belong there to be enjoyed and learned from. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. There's a like lot a, of touch tones. Like, you can learn a lot from this game. Didn't uh, the Library of Congress start doing a video game 
library? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, and that's why. I mean, like, I get why. I, I I get why people get really upset about mods, and I get upset like in emulators and whatnot. But I I enjoy the idea of something like Knights of the Old Republic, where they had to cut a bunch of content. Yeah. And so we're gonna go back and try to make it like the director's cut of this, or like obviously all the old Super Nintendo games. Basically, you can find any of them online. There is an element of it is wonderful that it is there for people that can't find it somewhere else. And I absolutely like if there's a way for a person to be able to buy, it, absolutely go out and buy it on the Wii U shop if they did that. Yeah. Support those people. Like, and I, I know it gets harder. And like it, the my favorite comment ever was uh, from Psychonauts. Um, and they're like, they're like, what, what should we do? Like, how do we play this? And they're like, go buy an emulator, like, or don't buy an emulator, go get an emulator, play it just as long as you experience. If you like it, go buy a t-shirt from our store. Um, oh yeah. I saw that people, people get mad about remasters now. Like, and I, I, for this pretty much the same reasons you've outlined, I'm always in favor of HD remasters because or or other re-releases because it's a way to keep those games alive. Yep. Yeah, they should be immortal for sure. Yeah, and I'm so going off that. I'm ecstatically excited, and this will date where the podcast was. Next week, uh, the Nathan Drake collection comes out. That is like my favorite game of all time. Like those three games, and my PS3 broke a couple months ago. I'm not gonna go buy a new one. I can't play, play those games, and now all of a sudden, it is putting it in a realm that I can actually enjoy games that I enjoy. And- and and people people are going to complain like oh it was just last gen you can get you can get uncharted 3 for for 15 bucks or whatever on PS3 but this is still opening this is still releasing three games that people love that and giving them a chance to either experience them again or experience them for the first time yeah which is something like with older games like Terranigma or like or like that that I think people should be able to do yeah, like I want, I want, I want more PS2 classics. I want more eShop games. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm fine yeah. with that as long as it, that revenue, that sort of guaranteed revenue stream, is enabling studios to to experiment and build new IPs, right? Because the the flip side of that is that everything becomes a remake, everything becomes a sequel, and things can become creatively right. stagnant. Um, but if if Modern it enables, Hollywood. yeah. And you know, if if you have a have a system where you can milk these um, revenue sources, and that enables you to take other risks, then fine. You know. Yeah, that's I I, I Capcom I think recently was like, oh, if you like this, we'll just keep making them. And I was like, that's not the right way to do it. I think the right way was Naughty Dog when they were like, we moved over to the PS4, we want to figure out how to do this architecture. We're going to remake The Last of Us. We're going to use all those lessons we do, and we're going to put it in a new Uncharted game. We're going to do it in our other games that we're working on. Yeah. And that's... I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, and yet you have to walk that line between we're going to just reshuffle the same old crap. And it's not crap, but it's like, we're just going to keep repackaging this, and you guys are stupid enough, you'll keep buying it. Um, which, is, which is worse, Capcom saying that they're going to just repeat the same thing you like, or Konami, which is going to be, you like this thing, we're not going to give it to you anymore. They'll give it to you again. Don't worry. Wait five years. They'll, they'll be back. Once the once the pachinko machine uh, business dries up, that pachinko so machine makes, business is never going to yeah, dry yeah, up. That's, that's but yeah, how many last? Don't, don't be waiting for that. You'll be very disappointed. Yeah, but how many last Metal Gear Solids have there been? I think maybe 
three or four even. Well, he wanted to stop after the first one. He didn't want to yeah, see two. Exactly. Um, and now they're going to keep crapping them out, and they're not going to be as good because they're missing. Like, yeah, I was about to say I don't want got- them to go. I don't want them to go there or back to Castlevania either. Well, we got Bloodstain now, so we don't have to worry right. about Castlevania. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in just total side note. I'm really interested whole, in what Kojima does now. This whole yeah. thing's been a side note. Um, <laughs> okay. The last twenty minutes have been a side note. Um, no, I absolutely agree. It is. It's one of those things we get so caught up. I, I heard the number the other day that uh, Call of Duty that's coming out is going to be Call of Duty 13 or something. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's insane. It literally is. Uh, but at the same time, we're at fi- Final Fantasy. Was he 15? So, like, you know? Um, no, that's not counting all the innumerable spinoffs. Right? But right. every Final Fantasy, like, every numbered iteration of Final Fantasy is vastly different from the previous one. Right? Like, you You're right. And that's, I think, the it. most respecting... Yeah, no. Go for like, it. The, that, that's the... That's fascinating. Like, I'm gonna do a completely... You love that battle system? I'm gonna destroy all of that and start from scratch. Yeah. Uh, like, and that, I completely agree with that. So, I, I think... Uh... So, well, I was going to say, <laughs> since we're talking about, like, sequelitis and stuff, um, like, if what interested you about Terranigma was that, like, mystique and the story presentation, I would definitely recommend that you check out uh, Illusion of Gaia sometime. If you can get it on the list that we're supposed to play it for a week, I will play it. I think it's in our dock. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's let's since Davey wants to talk about the game we're supposed to talk about. <laughs> um. Does, does anybody have any final thoughts? Does anybody have any final thoughts? I don't know. I haven't worked Breath of Fire into this yet. So I don't know. I haven't worked Breath of Fire into this yet. So I don't think we can. Let's argue about Breath of Fire Five some more. <laughs> oh. I can do that for a whole show. Breath oh, of Fire. We can talk yeah, about dude, I don't think. Sorry. <laughs> Uh oh, Breath of Breath Fire. I think, the... yeah, I think Breath of Fire has usually. Okay, do you like the town <laughs> building better in Breath of Fire Two? Or We're Terra actually Nikama? doing this. I do. I like the. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually was thinking about this earlier. I I like the fairy town building. I don't. I don't know that I ever got far enough into two to get into the town building. But I like oh, three. But the a fairy, lot. I think the fairy town is. I think the fairy town is better than the Terra Enigma stuff. Yeah, I like the town building, Sim City. <laughs> well, so that's <laughs> that's what I was expecting when I heard about town building. And you know, I like the whole concept of like arbitrage and finding out, like take this take this commodity and find out where it's it's yeah. wanted yeah. and useful. But it's not the same as as like I spent X money. Or I directed these people to gather this resource, and now my town is a metropolis, thanks to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Rebuilding that town by giving eight people letters. Yeah. <sighs> I forgot about that. Again, it's one of those things, like, how are you supposed to know those are the people you're supposed to go to? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely used the guide all the way on that. And you start looking at it, it's like, okay, these people kind of make sense, because at the point I did that, I had done all of my town building important stuff by then. Right. And so I was like, oh, okay, I guess I guess this kind of makes sense, because, like, yeah, these, these are already real people, not just kind of 
right. random people. But it's kind of it's like, the, how do I know they have money? Like, shouldn't I be going to the princess? Like, <laughs> right. She has money. Why don't I go to like that newly elected official that I just got into office? He owes me. Everybody knows it was my vote that's got him in. <laughs> right. Um, but we don't go to any of the people that make sense. We go to, like, yo, the butcher. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy. Clearly. I want to be the guy. You want to be the dude? <laughs> they took the big Lebowski off of Netflix. So oh. That's a story. <laughs> I love how this podcast just goes <laughs> off the rails. Speaking <laughs> of weird... <laughs> Weird we never talk about. We never talk about the game. We We've talk been about talking about the game for like seventy minutes. <laughs> yeah, come on. I'm, I'm terrified to do the Cynthia the Night podcast because three of us have already been podcasting. I was like, no, we already talked about a game we we're supposed oh, to. No, no, we're gonna talk <laughs> like, about other stuff the whole time. To talk about. We're gonna talk about really, really important things. Like, what is a man? <laughs> oh, I I never sent that to you, Davey. Damn. Um. All right, so we're we're done. I'm calling this. I think so. Do you guys have any final thoughts on this? But uh, first, I want to hear because uh, unfortunately Jesse's not going to be on Symphony of the Night. Do you have any thoughts on Castlevania and or Symphony of the Night? Do I? Um, I've never played it before. I've seen it played. It seems fun. Uh, apparently, you can wave dash in that game, <laughs> which. Sounds pretty what awesome. The hell is wave dashing? Wave dashing? Oh, Peter, you're so young. <laughs> <laughs> you are speaking a foreign language. Yeah, it's probably one that I should play. Uh, so I'm bummed that I'm not going to be playing it with you. But have fun. Well, you have like two hours. So if you leave, beat the whole first castle, you can come on the podcast. Okay, no problem. Yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah. I hate all of you. <laughs> Being good at video games. <laughs> Game's so easy. <laughs> so, does anybody have anything they'd like to talk about for Terranigma? I think we covered it. Awesome. Because I don't want to get on another terrible tangent. Yeah. So, if you guys are still listening, that was the Retro Encounter. I just assume we lost everybody. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I dumbfounded it whenever I hear that somebody actually likes this podcast. The um, barking dogs probably didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That dog no. probably said smarter things than we did. So Marcos is going to face off with those barking dogs. Yeah, then they're going to be like, why do they keep talking about these dogs? <laughs> <laughs> Mar- Marcos, if you listen this far, don't edit out the dogs. Yeah, I'm worried about Marcos. Yeah. But uh, as always, you can send your complaints, your suggestions. <laughs> Or just any questions you have to uh, our email. It's retro at rpgfan.com. Or your praise. Oh. Send us your praise. Wow, you're going to expect praise. I, oh, yeah. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and then also... Send we your hate, Breath of Fire fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can go on our boards. You can comment there. Voice your thoughts. Uh, on any podcast device that you use, whether it's iTunes or something else, please go on review. Um, write your comments there. That makes a huge difference on getting the podcast out to other people. Um, I don't feel like doing Twitters this today because it's depressing because Davey doesn't have one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So instead of doing Twitter, we're going to talk about uh, our next game, which we already kind of mentioned multiple times. For October, we're going to be playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, I think we're going to do a better job getting back on schedule. 
Yeah, for sure. It was kind of a wonky month, so we apologize well, for that. Except for Peter. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. <laughs> so please don't be turned off by the podcast from this one. Please continue on next month when we play <laughs> that. Um, and then this is a new kind of a new happening at uh, RPG Fan. For those of you that have a PS4, uh, with update 3.0, we made an RPG Fan. Dot com uh, PS4 community, um, so please get on there. It's a chance for us to uh, interact, actually possibly play games together and whatnot, which I think is really cool. Um, unfortunately, Sony set it up really weird. So the best I can figure out is to be able to find it, you have to first look up me on that. So if you search my PSN name, which is JD Curry. That's J-D-C-U-R-R-Y. Um, you'll be able to find the community. Please join that, and uh, we'd love to be able to play with you guys. So, Which, By the way, why did you invite that to me, or send me an invite like six times this morning? No, no, no. So we were actually having... The, the thing is barely <laughs> working. Oh, okay. Um, well, so that's part of the big issue. First of all, there, there's a, like a top list of like a top 100 communities. Okay. You can scroll through that. If you don't do that, you literally have to know somebody that's either on it or that's the owner. So like you have to search for the owner and that's how you'll be able to find it. Or you have to be looking at like one of your friends and be like, oh, these are the communities they're in. So it, it's kind of set up wonky. And then I was going through and I invited everybody once. And for some reason it sent multiple. And so that's kind of broken. Uh, we had Caitlin. Caitlin actually joined on the first invite. And then proceeded to send her invites after that. Yeah, me too. So it's kind of, it's in its fledgling kind of state, um, the the appeal there of being able to see what everybody else is doing. There's like a message board. Yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, it, it made me wish I was playing FF14 again. And I'm going to say this, and I know everybody else at RPG fans are probably going to be disappointed. So if this is edited out, sorry. Um, but we can set up events. So we can set up like community nights where we all want to play like a multiplayer game together or something. And I, I there's just, there's a lot there. Um, you can join. You can start parties from that. So if everybody wants to join, like Destiny with me or something, like we can have a lot of fun with that. So please go on there. Please join. Uh, please go on the boards or send us an emails, voice your thoughts. And as always, we appreciate you listening.